Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 151 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Chris, and this is Adam. Hello. Okay, so a little bit different here up at the start, um, because Paris has a lot of stuff to do, so we're doing a a guest TBC, and who better than to do it than the person that I share a living space with to just drag into this hellhole of terrible books here. Okay, so this time we read Star Wars Red Harvest by Joe Schreiber. This was recommended to us by patron Crimson Paladin. He said, there's a book in the Legends canon called Red Harvest. It's a horror book set in the Star Wars universe that involves a Sith Academy, zombies, a sentient flower, and a Wookiee. Interesting indeed. If this is your first time listening to this show, what we do here at the Terrible Book Club is read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Sometimes, like today, we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend. So we do the opposite of what most people do in a bookstore or while they're browsing the internet. Usually this experiment results in a disappointing read, but once in a while we end up liking the book. And for our content warnings today, in addition to our usual barnyard language, the barnyard language persists despite who is hosting the show, no matter what. Um, But this episode includes discussion or mention of gore and violence and zombies. A lot of that. I mean, of course. Like, if you have zombies, you have to have Could you imagine? Is there a zombie story that, like, is goreless? Like PG or even G-rated zombie story out there? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, there's like video games about zombies and like they're cartoonish, but I still even think those have gore some... like really goes right with it. Yeah, I yeah, it's, it's an intricate part of it. Those are like zombie babies. <laughs> they'll eat your brain too. Something like that. <laughs> okay, um, so I am going to read the back of the book summary here. Well, this is what you would read if you picked up this book in a bookstore and was like, what's this about? Unlike other young Jedi sidelined to the agricultural core, those whose abilities have not proved up to snuff, Hestiz or Trace possesses one extraordinary force talent, a gift with plants. But suddenly her quiet existence among greenhouse and garden specimens is violently destroyed by the arrival of an emissary from Darth Scabrus, a Sith Lord with a fanatical dream poised to become nightmarish reality. For the rare black orchid that Hestizo has nurtured and bonded with is the final ingredient in an ancient Sith formula, crucial to the Dark Lord's obsession, but with consequences far worse than fatal. Now, spawned by a heretofore unknown virus, the rotting, ravenous dead are rising, driven by a bloodthirsty hunger for all things living, and commanded by a Sith Master who lusts for power and the ultimate prize, immortality, no matter the cost. So, I mean, maybe this should have come out in October when in spooky season, but hey. Yeah, we're all right. Yeah. Some, for some people, it's spooky all the time. True. True. That's that's, that's a good point. Okay. So, uh, I will list out some of the main characters and setting here. The setting is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's the Star Wars universe. I wish it was closer. <laughs> like... <laughs> Closer how? Like physically I, 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 to you? I guess. No, I don't know. Like, so just I want to. Are you talking Wars. time or space? No, no, I suppose. I, well, no, I because it's Star Wars is always a galaxy far, far away, right? But and a long time what, ago. And a long Star time Wars ago. Star Wars in the past, remember? Oh, oh yes, that, that's true. But so, what if it was something that you know, it's like current day in a galaxy very close to ours? But then you have the zombies nearby, so I think this is. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, that's the theme music for the house next door. <laughs> 
Okay, anyway, characters and setting. Um, for our main protagonist, we have Hestizo Trace, Jedi plant lady. She's uh, a Jedi, but with plants, she can telepathically talk to plants and do other Force stuff. Um, there's Roho Trace, her brother, also a Jedi, and I guess like some kind of investigator in like the first chapter that he appears, but that doesn't matter very quickly. There's a very red theme going on here as well, yeah, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Darth Scabris. Scabris. Sith Academy headmaster. I get like, he's kind of is he like the principal? Yeah, I would I would say he so. Gets he gets sent to his office, do you think? I mean, people got sent to his office for sure <laughs> in this, so, you know. I think he took them to he his took, office. He took them to yeah, by force. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess he he's the principal of the Sith Academy, which is going to be the main topic of discussion here shortly. Um, you have various, various Sith Academy acolytes. So many S's going on over here. Jeez. Mm. And these acolytes are, have names like Lusk or Ra'at or Jura or Nyctor or Skopik. Uh, you know, Star Wars-y. I kept reading that as Scorpik and I, mean, I just kept yeah, thinking like it was a large scorpion. Probably, thing. I mean, anything I mean, goes. Yeah, you know, aliens. Right. I'm going to mention two people's names here just because, like, it's got that Star Wars name syndrome here. <laughs> Happen They're not important to the story at all. First up, we have Wall Bennis, who is a Jedi Agricultural Lab Director that I'm only bringing up because of his dumb name. His name is Wall. Yes, it's like, it's like you know, well, what do we name this character? How about Pen? Pen yeah. Bennis. <laughs> his cousin. First thing I saw in the room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You made a good point before we recorded this that he gets speared to a wall. So, I mean, maybe just like your f name is your fate, I suppose. <laughs> uh, similar in the stupid Star Wars name area that I'm only bringing up because they have a stupid name is Pergus Frode, which also sounds like something you make up on the spot to make someone else sound stupid. He's the mechanic for the starships. Which, you know, it made me it made me think of Frodo, I guess, like a Hobbit-like person. To me, a, like, like a Frode sounds like something, like it's too close to Trode. That yeah, I make right, like, yeah. So maybe he's like, you know, he's like a... a sounds like a Star Wars version of calling someone. Maybe he's a douchey Hobbit, right? Okay. Like maybe that's what he looks like. Uh, we have Dolly Liss, the tree librarian. So there's a lot of like Sith Academy staff that we're seeing here, which again, this will be the main topic of conversation for me because it's the thing I was most concerned about in this entire book. Um, you have Tulk the Whip, Whiffid, or is it Whiphid? I read it as Whiphid, but you know, I mean, I'm sure that if we looked up the, um, someone has online, yeah. someone has the correct pronunciation. I'm gonna say Whiphid, but you you pronounce it okay. how you want. We'll say, we'll say Whiphid. We'll have the fans come after us. You know, he's a bounty hunter that he was tasked with getting the the orchid that Darth Scabrous wanted, and then he ends up being Hestizo's like begrudging survival partner to get through the zombies. And then finally, we have the Murakami Orchid, which is a character because it has thoughts. Yep, it, it is, is a sentient a, flower. I, You know what? Out of all the names, I think I like that the best. I, I think it's, it's fine. You know, like compared to the other other names, like I think that's a, yeah, so they call that's a the, solid name. Called the Pergus Orchid. I don't think I know. No, no, no. We don't like that. Okay. So um, I wrote up a summary here, which is our summary of general overview of the book so you're not too lost when you're listening to us discuss it here we're not hitting every single detail just you know sort of the main path shall we say here anyway i wrote this up about a month ago when i read the book so this might even refill in some details for me but we're gonna have adam read this one for us today Things sure are Sithy at the Sith Academy. You've got lightsaber duels for dominance, mean teachers, and a headmaster that seems to only be there to do immortality experiments on students. His latest involves the usage of a Murakami Orchid, a force-sensitive and apparently sentient plant that grants immortality. He found this knowledge when he discovered a Sith holocron deep under the Academy. A previous Darth had theorized that the Black Orchid could grant immortality, but never went through with the full ritual experiment whatever. But Darth Scabarus does. First, he finds a black orchid by just hiring a bunch of bounty hunters to look for it. If you don't bring a real one, he murders you. But if you do, his experiment goes wrong immediately before he can murder you so you can get away. Tulk the Whippet was the winning bounty hunter, and Hestizo Trace was the unlucky Jedi at the Jedi Agri Agricultural Research Center that had a black orchid on hand when Tulk came to get it. For some reason, Hestizo has to be in the proximity to the Orchid or it will die, so she gets dragged along to the Academy. 
Scavris has been performing experiments on students that seem to zombify them. He throws in some crushed up orchid and that makes a student that he has currently zomboed even more zomboed and it breaks out and begins spreading the infection to everyone including Scavris. Estizo and Talk manage to make it out before being infected but are now trapped in a rapidly zombifying Sith Academy. We are treated to various scenes of Sith students fighting zombies or becoming zombies, or the tree librarian that runs the Sith archives becoming a tree zombie, Ooh. <laughs> or Hestizo and Tulk evading zombies until no one is left except Hestizo, Tulk, and Hestizo's brother Rojo, who detected her distress from across the fucking galaxy and comes to rescue her. He manages to get her just as she is facing Darth Scabras and basically exists to distract Scabras for a minute before he gets lightsaber to death. Estizo's connection with the Orchid allows her to force it to grow within the Sith that are infected. Because even crushed Orchid molecules can grow to full plants rapidly because the Force or something. Anyway, she grows Darth Zombo Anyway, she grows Darth Zombo Scabbers to death and escapes the Academy, but only after shooting Tulk out of an airlock at his request, since he got a bit of zombie juice in him and was infected. The end. Thank you for reading through that. <laughs> kind of challenging, right? Yeah, it's a, it's you know it's a lot of it's it's a lot of words, but I think it you know it accurately reflected what happened. Okay, um, so generally Paris and I like to start with the positives up top over here. Yep. So I'm going to ask you first: Was there anything that you enjoyed about this book? I thought, you know, I, I'm only I'm mostly involved with Star Wars when it comes to the TV shows and the the movies, obviously. Um, I consider myself a, 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 I like Star Wars, right? I'm not like a, like a, like a, uh, invested in it, but I like it. I enjoy it. And I thought that this was an interesting view on how to expand the Star Wars universe. Like you, you could do different things with it. So I do enjoy from that aspect that it's something new and exciting. Um, and I think that's probably about it. <laughs> Okay, so you enjoy it because this is a new idea in the Star Wars universe. It's Star Wars zombies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it's. it's I mean, yeah. You know, like it's, why not it's, a spooky Star Wars? Right, exactly. You know, like you know, they they make they actually make Star Wars action figures like based on Halloween and Christmas. Now that's a new thing. Okay, so they have wait. Like, so is there like a Santa Vader or something? Uh, there's Santa Mandalorian. It's a basically Mandalorian Christmas sweater. Mandalorian. Yes, yeah, they don't call, call it Santa Mandalorian. Well, they should though, right? Yeah, that's, I feel like that's yeah, missed right opportunity. Um, and then there's like you know like Wookies with like a. Like a Halloween bucket and things like that, and with like wait a hall like a pumpkin bucket, yeah, like a like those. Big Why would listen? Okay, this is the <laughs> same problem that Paris and I have with like all these. I, I understand that you're doing it because yes, it's our holidays that they're celebrating, but it just feels weird to me that a Wookiee from a planet very far, far, far away, as it's put, is still gonna have like a little pumpkin bucket. Like they also he, he wants associated pumpkins with Halloween. He wants Reese's too, okay? <laughs> okay, I guess he heard about it. Yeah, exactly. That would be funny if like Halloween was like an urban legend that like floated <laughs> like got telephoned across the galaxy and they're like there's an ancient ritual where you receive sweets for free. <laughs> Back where the humans come from. Yeah. So you know it's that from that aspect of the book I I I did enjoy it, that it's something unique at least. And I don't, and it, so it, is it the zombie part and the horror part that you're th like, yeah, yeah. That, you know, you don't typically see that in too much star Wars. I think some of the, like, I, I think that there was like an anime show like on Disney plus that may have delved into something like this a little bit. I haven't watched it. I think it's called star Wars visions, or maybe I'm getting it totally wrong, but I thought there was some like sh some, form of media besides the book that had like a horror vibe to it um what about like so i mean i don't know if i want to talk about this right now because this is part that i sort of don't love about this book but right. i will just ask you now before we get into it later is the part where they made a jerk school for siths to learn to be jerks do you enjoy that addition to the star wars lore i enjoy it because it's hilarious but okay yeah, yeah so yeah, that's... similar reasons here i i think that is a little bit silly but we'll get to that after i mentioned the things that i enjoyed about this book so it is horror themed it's supposed to be spooky and stuff 
So there's a lot of gore, as we mentioned in here, and I actually think that the the stuff that is meant to be spooky is well written enough. I mean, this author does not shy away from painting a picture with guts and blood oh, yeah. and horrible zombie looks. So I'm just going to pull a couple of passages from here that are especially gross. Zoe was staring at her brother when Scabrous's blade sliced him apart. Trey staggered back, wobbling on his feet, and as he wheeled around toward her, she saw that he'd been cut wide open from neck to belly. Swords will cut you wide open. <laughs> uh, what is that? Dangerous Tales of Swords oh, or something? Oh yeah, I love that. Look that up that. on YouTube, everyone. Yeah. No. It came out like a choke. No! Trey stumbled again, fighting to keep on his feet. The wound in his abdomen was even deeper than she'd first thought, pouring out whatever remained of his life. From where she stood, she could see pigtails of small intestine poking visibly from beneath his ribs. Trace's cheeks had gone chalky white. Blood pattered on the floor between his feet, and he skidded in the puddle and fell, first to his knees, then to his back, where he lay motionless in front of her. He looked like a dancer for whom all music had permanently stopped. Okay, so, you know, that's the scene where uh, her brother gets lightsabered by Darth Scabrous. That you know, pigtails of blood is a is a pretty that, good way to describe things. That's pretty unique, yeah. Okay, here's another section. The shriek came from behind her, a deafening blast. Spinning around, she saw the thing in the doorway of the trophy room lunge at her. A Sith student, one she'd never seen before, was flinging himself at her, its corpse mouth gaping open in an oval rictus. The thing's eyes were bright green and wild like emeralds on fire, and long strings of orange-red hair dangled back over its shoulders, swinging and snapping wildly around its face as it tried to bite her. Its academy tunic was a stiff apron of gore. Here's another one. At this point, Rucker, who had approximately 30 seconds left of life as he knew it, saw the things overtaking the room completely in a series of brief, high-contrast impressions. It was like watching some kind of parasite latch onto its prey. Their already wide mouths somehow spread out even wider still, clamping down on the faces and necks and chests of the first rows of victims, taking them down with phenomenal strength and speed. Trays flew, bright helices of blood spurted and looped in the air. A great bundle of steaming intestines splattered on the floor to Rucker's right, with the ripe coppery smell of meat fresher than anything that had ever been served here before. Pretty vivid. Yeah, pretty vivid there. And if you can't tell, that is in the Sith Academy lunchroom. Um, so one moment before, because you brought up cautionary tales of swords. And I just want to say that this entire book, now that you mentioned it, I could just imagine Trip Fisk from cautionary tales of swords coming up. Don't do that. Like the whole entire book. Cautionary tales of a dark Sith experiments. Yes. Yes. The whole thing would be him just coming up and be like, don't do this. It'll fucking kill you. Sith experiments will zombify you wide open. <laughs> That doesn't even make sense. It, it, it'll it, happen. It'll happen. Just watch. And I mean, some of these zombies were wide open in, in yes. many ways, oh, yes. I'd say there. Yep. Okay, so that's the stuff that works in here, right? The actual moments of horror are well described. And I mean, steaming pile of intestines is pretty, yeah, that's that's pretty it's, good stuff it's, there. It's, it's It paints a picture. It had it really hot does. guts that day, I guess. But like in like in a Sith lunchroom of all places, like right, like that's what you would expect. Maybe like you'd expect like hot guts to be there. And I, I... okay, yeah. So let's okay. We're immediately gonna go into the stuff that was not quite so good for me. And thing number one, the whole concept of a Sith school yes. here. Why does everything always have to be in a school? Yes. In 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 like I don't know YA fiction, and sometimes we see it in like expanded universe stuff, like. The school setting is very popular. I understand why, because you get like clear hierarchies and people have to be be doing certain things, and you have clubs and all extracurricular stuff like that. But when the school is evil school for jerks to be jerks, at, <laughs> it just doesn't work as a concept. Like I feel like the the if they had put it on a like a Death Star, right, or something like some battle, uh, you know, cruiser or something, right. That they just put it on a ship where this guy, the Star Scabbers, was just performing his experiments and he took stormtroopers, right? Because they're just collateral anyway, right? Yeah. Like that that would have worked as a perfect setting. I don't understand why a Sith Academy even it doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't even make any sense to exist. Okay, here's one thing that I thought I knew about Star Wars lore, and this is where we'll get into canon versus non-canon. I know this is from the 
Legends thing, which got kicked off of like official canon when Disney took over or something like that. There's a lot of stuff in the Legends area. It's pretty all-encompassing for anything that's not like officially Disney stamped or something <laughs> like that. But from my understanding, I looked this up before we recorded too. The Sith had a rule of two, which was that there were only two Sith ever. Like period, end of story is how I took that. There's always the Master and the Apprentice. And the apprentice always kills the master and takes over as the master and he finds an apprentice and that apprentice kills him because Sith are just shitty jerks all the time. Yes. Okay, so that should mean that there's no Sith Academy because there should only be two of them ever. And even if you said, oh, no, Chris, it really meant that there's only like a one-on-one -on -one relationship between Sith apprentice, uh, master and apprentice. Doesn't that then make a school not work at all? Because then the blade master would have many people under him. So, like, it already violates sort of the, I don't know, one Sith thing that I know in can the you, lore. Can you imagine if there was just a Sith school, if this book was just, like, this Darth Scabarus and just one student? Just <laughs> the whole school? He, the whole school, yeah. He just was, he had to go to the lunchroom and just eat by himself. <laughs> he keeps going, like, he makes them go to different classrooms and it's just Darth Scabarus again yeah. in a slightly different professor outfit. Hello, I'm teaching bot botany today. Why do I, you made me walk across the entire campus. This is not fair. You can teleport. Well, now that now you've discovered why they're assholes <laughs> okay but oh so the reason we brought up sith lunchroom here is because even within the book sort of the way that they have to be evil and jerks to each other is silly in the setting of a school yes because when you first get to the again the evil lunchroom where i guess there's evil cooks too <laughs> How do you get that, like, the other jobs at the Sith Academy there, like, mechanic and stuff, do you have to, like, apply and be like, well, this is a school for assholes where people will kill you sometimes? <laughs> do you get a bonus for that? Are the, the cooks in the kitchen also Sith? Are they doing some kind of, like, work tuition kind of thing? Anyway. these are, See, these are questions that have arisen <laughs> from this book. If merely existing... These are questions that how do you to apply play. to Sith school? Yeah, what do you, like what you do, what extracurriculars do you? Can you imagine you have? getting the letter back, <laughs> like dear dear Pergus you're, or whatever his name is? You know, you're not enough of an asshole. Yeah. I saw that you listed an extracurricular of pissing I, on puppies I, routinely, <laughs> but that we you actually want you to stomp the puppies, dear. Dear Frode, I saw that you helped a lady across the street. You cannot come to the school anymore. You no no invitation rescinded. Okay. Anyway, Sith Lunchroom is funny because it specifically mentions in the lunchroom scene where we're following one of the... There was an actual lunchroom scene. That's why we're yeah. talking about this. <laughs> we're following one of the acolytes in there. And he specifically mentions that no one sits with anyone else because everyone's a jerk to each other. And there's like, you know, you don't want anyone to catch you while you're being weak or something like that. So it's a lunchroom full of like one-seater areas or is like everyone have a table to themselves or is everyone just leaning against the wall and eating the evil food? <laughs> this is like I can just only imagine. Like, I I tend to think of it as like there's just tables, there's just wide tables, and there's just one person sitting. So it's got to be like hundreds of tables, just like, <laughs> like you know, very big tables. Right, like, so everyone can have a whole way too big table right, to themselves. Right. You you will sit here and eat by yourself. They're not even comfortable too. Yeah, because, exactly. Like, they probably have thorns. They on had them or Sith something. carpenters, and the way Sith carpenters <laughs> get at you is they make a shitty chair. <laughs> Why did we even become Sith? I was just bad at making chairs, and I decided to lean into it. Yeah, literally. Oh, okay, so. That's that's the perfect microcosm of why this seems silly. I and uh, so the only classes I see happening also are like duels and blade school. Yeah, as, as one does, you know. There wasn't even like force classes. I'm pretty sure. Can you imagine like if it just a Sith Lord just was watching a Jedi Academy? You know where people are like have they they, they you know they have the Padawans and everything, and they just he's just standing out in the distance and like we should do that. <laughs> Oh yeah, we should we could teach them, and then they'd be more of us. And, <laughs> oh, if you educate people, like they do better. Oh, oh. shit. Okay, we got to think. We think this rule of two here. Okay, so that's that's thing number one here. Thing number two is again when I brought up Darth Scabrous, he seems to be in charge here, but all he's really doing is abducting the Sith students and performing his black or Murakami Orchid experiments on them. 
So, wait, does he have an overseeing role at the Academy? It doesn't seem like he's doing any admin work whatsoever. Dear Lusk, you've been accepted to the Sith Academy for exper- no, uh, for uh, <laughs> to become a Sith. Wait, I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really the only thing on my mind. Like, I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm so close to being immortal. I just need more of these rubes. I need, I need more bodies. It's not, it's not even really a Sith Academy, right? It's yeah, like they're it's not a front. They, it's they, a front. They, yeah, he yeah. just wants people to come in here. So, like anyone that like is willing to click on the "You've been accepted to the Sith Academy" email, yeah. if you're stupid enough to <laughs> click on that link. And be offered like, oh, free tuition. Wow, I didn't even know I applied. Darth Scabris at SithAcademyExperimentation.com. <laughs> He's probably not experimenting on me. Well, I mean, come <laughs> on. Like, it's Sith Academy, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. So, that's silly on its own. Mm-hmm. And just the general idea of, yeah, Sith staff. Are they part of the Sith thing, as I mentioned before? There is a tree person librarian, which I thought was cool. That's actually a decent idea. I should have put that, I guess, in the things that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but that gets silly later. Um, there is a scene with the, the, the Sith librarian is a giant tree that is sort of wrapped within the archives of all the Sith books, which he keeps nicely instead of shittily because, I guess, I don't know, he wants to preserve all the sith data even though they're routinely like hiding holocrons in places where people it's like forbidden knowledge but also kind of not this is like the top level maybe they want to make it a game i guess (laughs) you know hide and seek or something gotta put some of the normal like the evil recipes for your shitty food or like how to make a shitty chair (laughs) that's in the sith library the scavenger hunt is just (laughs) anyway he's a cool tree guy and he gets zombified too, but I'm pretty sure Darth Scabra's biting him too, which I feel is kind of silly. But apparently the the sickness, the infection can still spread to tree people too. Can we, so can we talk about that? How it's called the sickness? Yes. Yes. True. So immediately, you know, you have to think, wait a minute, was this name inspired it, by Disturbed? Are they no? down with the sickness? I, I, I mean, they clearly were, right? Can you they, feel that? Oh, shit. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see when this was covered. Copyright 2012, so well after. Well after. Well yes. after Down with the Sickness was a thing. Um, so maybe the author was inspired by Down with the Sickness. True. True. The, the harrowing bridge where I just want, I wanted to read the a singer's zon- mom breaks into the studio <laughs> and beats the shit out of him. <laughs> well, that's why all the Sith are there, right? That's why they're assholes is because their moms beat the shit out of them oh, well. and sent them to the Academy. Well, that's unfortunate. That's yeah, yeah, a darker palette yeah, on Well, I mean, it's Sith go. Academy, right? Yeah, it's come true. On. Like, like, come on. Like the other thing too is like I really wanted to, when I read that it was called the sickness. I really wanted. To, I was hoping one of the zombies would just go Wah! all of a sudden. You know that would have been great. It released a noise that sounded <laughs> like a guttural noise. <laughs> okay, so I did actually like the tree librarian thing, but there's one thing that I thought was pretty funny too, which was that after the tree is zombified, it's a tree, right? So zombies like to consume their own kind, right? Mm-hmm. But he's a tree, and he's surrounded by books. So his <laughs> compulsion becomes to burn all the books for fuel because he's not eating anything. So instead, he's his zombie imperative is to consume with fire all I mean, of the books, which is a pretty good idea, yeah, honestly. Yeah, a great idea. That's pretty funny, yeah, I got to yeah, say. Yeah, that, you know what? I as like a concept, that. like t- tweak, tweaking the zombie thing. Like He's not a human being. He doesn't consume in that way. So that's that's a pretty funny twist on it, I have to say. Yes, that's that 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 worked out. That's one of the things that worked out well in the book. Uh, the stupid part is why, like again, this Murakami orchid is zombifying anyone through. Originally, it's bites and like bodily fluids, just like your standard zombie thing, but it also transfers to any sort of life form, including the tree person, which raises the questions of the mechanics of how this whole orchid thing works. Yeah. Okay, so. To start from the top here, the orchid is a sentient flower with thoughts and feelings that Hestizo can communicate with telepathically. And they like to have, you know, morning chats and everything when Hestizo was working in the Jedi agricultural lab. Um, anyway, Tulk come. No, it's not Tulk. It's some other b- bounty hunters that come. Or it might be Tulk that comes. One, they, yeah, and they break Tulk, comes, yeah, yeah. Tulk comes and breaks in and uh, walls wall to a wall with a spear. <laughs> Um, and like takes the Murakami orchid back to Darth Scabrous, but he doesn't kill Hestizo because she just says, 
oh, I'm connected to it. It'll die if you do something to it. If, if you, you take if, me too far away. If you take me too far away from it. So yeah. he's just like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to risk that. And takes her along over to the planet. Which, I was that a lie? I, I, I guess it was because... Was it a lie? No, I don't know. Because I don't... they're mechanically never actually that far. They're kind of never that far apart. Because what happens next is the orchid gets dropped into... Um, like an experiment vat that Darscabras is using, and he's already like he's already zombified a student a little bit with his like IVs that he's got going in there. Yeah. But then he crushes up the whole flower, the whole flower. He crushes it up and puts it in with the IV fluid, and that makes the zombified student like more zombified, and it gets more aggressive, and it breaks out of its like cage and starts biting people, and that's how things start start to spread. But despite the fact that the orchid has been crushed up into just molecules and given a good stir into the into the zombie juice or whatever, he, it, made, it, he made it a drink. Yeah, he made a zombie smoothie or yeah, a yeah. black orchid smoothie that zombifies you. It still remains sentient and conscious and communicating with Hestizo throughout the rest of the book. Yep. Okay. So I... Why does it still have a thought, like sentient thought, if it is rendered into molecules? It is literally pulverized. Literally pulverized. I guess you gotta wave your hands and say like force ghosts because force ghosts are a thing. Can you imagine like at the end of Return of the Jedi where they have like Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin and all of a sudden and Yoda and then right next to it's the flower just as a force. <laughs> like ghost. I also learned how to force yeah, ghosts. Yeah, yeah. I'm just here too. I thought you guys were all hanging out over here, so I came in. What did you do? I turned everyone into a zombie. I just wanted to hang out with the teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, like so that means that the flower retains its soul or being or consciousness or what have you no matter like even beyond death is that why it's like this immortality flower? I I just don't understand. You got to explain to me why rendering like, it completely like, you'd think it'd have a brain, right? Or something. Like, something that acted like a brain in order to give it consciousness. Or, like, you would think. Yes. So, by, by pulverizing it, it wouldn't have whatever is a, is its brain. But, so but that's why I'm be... bringing up Force Ghost, because, like, Qui-Gon got, like, fucking cut in half or some shit. Yeah. Right? No, no, that was Darth Maul that got cut in half. Yeah, quite, yeah that's right. Ma Qui-Gon got stabbed, but, he, like, his body died. His brain would have died with it, but he was still a Force Ghost. Yeah. To Luke was still, like, a Force... No, he just disappeared. That's that's stupid other shit. Spoilers <laughs> for Episode Nine of Star Wars. Luke just decides to fade away. And he... Okay. So, the other thing is that the Orchid, because it communicates with Hestizo still... She can choose to give it mental commands to grow, once again, from literal powder or molecules or very small sizes to be able to sprout out and destroy the zombies. But only sometimes because doing that makes the flower go out. So it can't do it all the time because it's in pain. So this is one of those things where I thought, like, it's a little, like... I mean, I guess depending, this book was written back in 2012, but you see this like new thing within zombie media, I want to say, where like it's like mold and like plants and stuff that are causing people to become zombies rather than like bites and stuff like that. So maybe this predated that whole thing, um, but it, it's just interesting that this went that route with it. I mean, you know, a plant matter that turns people aggressive and wild and zombified, I, I, I'm sure that's existed for quite some time in folklore and things like that. But it, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is it's... I don't understand a lot of ways that the sentient flower can still retain sentience as it was dispersed throughout other beings. And... A lot of the stuff using the flower feels just like a very thin plot device to get certain scenes to happen. Like, Hestizo can get out of a zombie horde that is in front of her because she can command the molecules of the orchid that have been suffused. So, okay, here's another thought <laughs> I just had. So, it's been pulverized and crushed and it turns one person into a zombie. And then that zombie bites other people. Is the flower molecules being passed through the bite? 
into other people, which is why those flower particles exist in the other. It, it did the flower turn into a virus? Yeah, I mean that. that <laughs> I mean that's that's a good question. Like, what is passing through? To the other students to turn them into zombies, and how? Because like that dude got the powder in him, the, the original zombie got the powder in him, and like f- seconds later, the teeth w- were enough to get Scabrous infected as well. So the particles were able to travel through his bloodstream and into his, I guess, saliva extremely quickly upon maybe there was like enough of it in the air in the room or something after it was pulverized like it was like he's not even like that he's just like crushing it up and throwing it yeah yeah yeah, exactly it it wasn't the bite he just breathed in a lot of yeah you know you know yeah exactly maybe we're in an n95 or something dark scabras no that's good to do and therefore (laughs) i won't do it because i'm evil (laughs) fuck safety (laughs) okay um, that flower mechanics don't really make sense. No. Uh, the whole growth thing is obviously just a plot device to get Hestizo out of any fight that is a little bit too overwhelming for her that she can't just run away or sneak away from. But you, oh, the, the limit is that the flower goes, ouchie, that hurt, don't do that again. And she just screams, grow, fuck you, just grow. Yeah, I mean, they... I know as your friend and caretaker and this puts you in immense pain, but fuck you, grow, because I'm going to die. They established that, like, I mean, she's a botanist, right? And, like, she's working and she's speaking with this orchid as it's it's as if it's her friend right and she's just like no fuck you friend like you're gonna do what i want to do to get out of this situation and you're gonna just gonna grow and put yourself through pain you don't even really exist anymore but apparently your molecules are floating Spir- yeah spiritual pain i suppose yeah, if you don't yeah. have a but okay so once all of this yeah yeah all this is just real messy and you have to keep going okay i guess <laughs> fine yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just keep reading, I suppose. And then you get to read passages about how you know the the plant exploded out of someone's uh, out of a zombie skull or whatever. I mean, that's you know part of that gory thing, which I actually think was yes, a pretty yeah, good yes, part yeah, there. It paints a good picture. It's really just there, it, like in the zombie horde escape scene, and then to finally kill Darth Scabras, where I guess the orchid has enough willpower left in its tree spirit slash molecules to defeat Darth Scabrous once and for all, which you could have just done anyway. So here's the other thing. Rojo Trace didn't need to be here, nope. died needlessly yep, for yep, no reason, yep. served no function in the plot whatsoever. He was cannon fodder. <laughs> for like a second, yeah, too. Yeah. He's literally like, okay, so this is Rojo Trace's path. He he start when he first appears in the book, he is well light years away from Hestizo, who is at the Sith Academy at this point. And he can feel her anxiety across the, again, across the galaxy because he's connected with his sister. Cool. So then he starts his, again, light years long journey to find her in this hidden Sith Academy because he has a sister radar or something. Would you like it if we had that ability I'd find it uncomfortable. Right? Like, to be always able to know where the other one was. I guess useful sometimes, but mostly it it would probably feel a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you want your privacy too, right? Like, you don't, like, I don't need to know exactly where you are at all times. He's in the bathroom at JFK UMass again. It's gross in there. Don't. Okay. You know, the anxiety (laughs) of using the JFK bathroom. Actually, the secret of the JFK bathroom is good because that it's behind a door that's next to like another door that says like employees only. So people assume that other door is also employees uh, only. So the JFK bathroom actually isn't that bad. Oh, good. well, the Hot rest tips of, if you live in Dorchester. The rest of the station looks like a bathroom. So true, <laughs> but that one spot is probably the safe zone if the rest of it crumbles. All right, good. <laughs> I'll be I'll be taking Noted. a dump in there one yeah, day. And yeah, the only survivor. <laughs> Okay, so Rojo Trace come, starts coming from across the galaxy. He was on some kind of Jedi police business at the start, and he was like, actually, fuck this. I got to go, guys, because my sister is in trouble. Shows up 10 chapters later at the Sith Academy, starts carving his way through some zombies and fighting his way through to find Hestizo. Eventually runs up right when she is about to get chopped by zombie Darth Scabrous, who's still using a lightsaber. He can hold back the zombification 
a little bit because he's evil enough or something. Yeah, mega evil. So, But he's still kind of extra aggressive, even though he's already a jerk. So I don't really know what the difference is here. Anyway, he's about to stab Hestizo. And Rojo is there just in time from literally just like dashing across the, the fucking galaxy. Rolls up just in time to get cut in the gut to like save Hestizo. And then she just tells the plant to grow anyway. So imagine like <laughs> as if he ran stomach first into a lightsaber from light years away <laughs> why wasn't why wasn't she telling the plant to grow immediately when she saw her brother running in like she, I mean, yeah she was trying to tell it but like it again she was trying to tell it to grow but it didn't have enough willpower to do it until that very moment after or whatever but Rojo didn't need to be in this book you didn't need no. to include a character that t- saved his sister in just from one sword swipe you could have just deleted that character from the book there's not really any dramatic tension that nope. finds up there. Nope. You don't even get a triumphant moment of them like fighting together or anything. Right. So, Which would have been cool, right? Like you want like a brother sister like at least give me like a couple of pages of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that brings up a good point. Like the chapters in this book were literally like two pages sometimes. Yeah. Weird pacing. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. And some ch- and some chapters were like you know a good ten pages. And then, like, you go to the next chapter, two pages, and then the next chapter is like three pages. It's like, what, what, what's going on here? Like, what, what, why is it flowing like that? I would say, yeah, uneven pacing is definitely an issue here too, because I mean, you do have your extra violent, like, run from the zombie hordes kind of things, but then you'll get hit with Rojo Trace, like, coming from across the galaxy chapter, and, or like him sneaking through the snow while there's like another thing happening with the zombie library that you were much more interested in because i was much more interested in the zombie librarian tree guy oh, of course, than anything yeah. else yeah and that that's just a light complaint there honestly uh, it, amidst all the orchid mechanic stuff and the things like that i just that was the more confusing part and again how this fits into like star wars lore jerk school just makes no sense to me jerk school is the best <laughs> by far it's just you know just everyone sitting at lunch Nothing, by like themselves it, you can't have an institution that is dedicated to like uplifting everyone that is staffed entirely by jerks well, to, that, to learn how to be jerks that, that's the other thing too it, that i was thinking about is like it seemed like they were trying to like paint some sort of symp- sympathy towards some of the characters and it's like why they're sith (laughs) like they want to be evil they're here to learn how to like murder good right so why why do i care about this kid struggling to like get ahead in class i shouldn't (laughs) at all like he became a zombie i got a d in stabbing right damn it god damn it like because you don't know anything about these characters beyond the fact that they are literally at the sith academy like that's all you know about them yeah you don't know got, where they came from or anything they got star warsy names right and stuff like rat rat just yes. put it, okay I, it's like rat but i put an apostrophe and i add an extra a there and i so yeah, like star wars names are, are generally kind of silly here these are lower tier star wars names even darth scabrous yeah that doesn't seem like i, feel, I just i imagined a giant scab walking around the entire <laughs> I mean, time you did get it pretty gross by the end yeah but like that feels like the the c tier name in comparison to like darth plagueis which yeah. is like also sort of a diseasey name yeah it's a dumb name but it's cool at the same time you know like how do you like darth sidious oh he's insidious like yeah. but darth how do you get your Darth name? Do you, you choose it yourself, I'm guessing, right? You know, I Does your master choose it for you? I think, yeah, I think your master does choose it because you remember when Palpatine was like, rise, Vader, I think. Like, there was, I I think there was the scene where, like, so, Palpatine named So Darth Scabrous was named by some other guy. Like, you look like a fucking scab. Yeah, yeah Darth exactly. Scabby yeah, or something. Yeah, you're, you're just the most annoying <laughs> student I've had. So now I just you're want to be, pick you yeah, and yeah, move you. Exactly. <laughs> Get out of here. We're done with you. But, but like, okay. So you change your name when you become a Darth, right? Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader. Yeah. And like, what I want to know is, can you get up to Darth level if you're Sith Academy staff? Like, if you're also a Sith, are you going to be like... Darth evil cooking lady. Yeah, yeah. Evil lunch lady. (laughs) Darth, like, moldy bread or like Darth (laughs) bread mold. uh, Moldo or something. Darth Moldo. Darth past ex- expiration date. <laughs> Darth bad pasta. 
Darth, too much pepper. <laughs> Just too much pepper. Too this much. Is really, like, I'm just sneezing just a lot. Back off a little bit, please. <laughs> so yeah, like I, it's almost like it's almost like they could be bad Pokemon names or something. You know, like Scabbers, Scabbers, yeah. Scorpik. I mean, no Scorpik. Scorpik actually. Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, Palpatine. Yeah, just keeps coming. Yeah. Do, all. do it, Maul. Do it, Maul. <laughs> Maul. Yeah, yeah. Vader. 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 <laughs> Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what? We know what we're gonna do. We're getting silly here. Yeah, we're gonna look up Darth names. Yes, oh, we're, amazing. We're gonna read all the Darth names. I know there's, Wars, there's plenty. Do you know any Darth names off the top of your head? Plagueis. Yep. Malik, like, I think is one. Malik. Darth. Is he sour? Like Malik acid. He's just very. I, I, sour. Didn't, I didn't even know that was what that was. <laughs> That's what makes sour candy sour is Malik acid. Oh well, there we go. I learned something probably. <laughs> Darth sour. Just like. <laughs> Warheads all the time. Rise, you tart, evil bastard. <laughs> okay. Um, let's read some Darth names here. Amongst the Sith Lords who held the title of Darth long before the time of Darth City, a successful conquest of the galaxy was Darth and Dedu. Darth and Dedu is what... I just want a list of Darths. Okay, yeah, here's Darth Malak. Um, Darth Bandon. Like Brandon? <laughs> Darth Brandon. 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 Joe, Joe Biden. Joe Biden, <laughs> <laughs> the red eyes Alec betrayed Raven his master and took an apprentice of his own dubbed Darth Bandon I gotta read about Darth Bandon here Darth Bandon <laughs> <laughs> okay the photo of Darth Bandon is like from some I guess like Knights of the Old Republic or a video game or something I want you to just look at this picture oh shit <laughs> <laughs> it's this dude who like lacks the chin or something he looks like <laughs> yeah he, he looks he's like, like he's, he's tucking all the way his back. chin into like his very high collar yeah yeah like like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> like... go look up the picture of darth bandon everyone on uh wikipedia he looks like um he looks like oh my god i'm trying to think like what he could remind me of like, cause he's got like a like a like a like a goatee and stuff. Like, I want to see what his his Darth thing is like. What does he do when he Darths? He was originally a Jedi Padawan, but he defected in the year uh, like twenty thousand years before. He did not like the Cure anymore. <laughs> As a student at the new Korriban Academy, Bandon fully embraced the teachings of the dark side of the Sith Code. Oh, so there was like a Sith school. Okay, but this is still like legends think things this along with bandon's strength with the force his natural cruelty and his other ruthlessness his quest for power soon set bandon apart from his fellow students and brought the attention of darth malik raven's sith apprentice bandon eventually won malik's admiration they set out to capture some jedi okay so he's just some some darth okay this isn't even as exciting as i thought it'd be. i might edit this part out uh but yeah uh oh, I... darth malgus Mal oh, did you found the list of Darths? Darth Talon. Well, I know I'm looking at an image from. Well, there's a thing called. Oh, it's a YouTube video called Thirty Sith Lords, I guess. Okay, there you go. I'm just gonna Google list of Darths. Okay, here's from sources across the web. Google says Darth Vader, Darth Sidious, Darth Maul, Darth Bane, Darth Reven, Darth Plagueis, Count Dooku. No, that's not right. <laughs> Darth Treya, Darth Nihilus, Darth Sion, Darth Malak, Darth Cadus, Darth Malgus. Dark Crate, Dark Xana, Darth, Darth Xana. Dark Xana, <laughs> you, you, you run a red light. <laughs> Darth Xana, Darth Talon, Darth Cognus. Well, he's, he's, he just thinks yeah, a lot. He just thinks a lot, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't evil like evil. Hmm. I, I don't like this lunch. <laughs> evil Yelp review. Darth past expiration date. <laughs> Did the really bad one this time. Darth Desolus. Darth and Dedu. Yeah, there's Darth and Dedu. Wow, there's 91 Darths in the... Darth Adacia. Darth Azar. Darth Atreus. Darth Vauron. Darth Jean. Just Darth G-E-A-N. <laughs> yeah, yeah. -E That's just a regular dude's name. Yeah. Hello, my name is Jean. <laughs> I got fucked on this coupon. <laughs> So I just like menace people. I just I had collect a bunch of coupons and like really hassle cashiers. I know it's expired, but take it anyway. I'm the customer. <laughs> I'm the. I'm always right. 
Darth Guile. Ooh. Ooh. Does he have, tricky. Does he have... Oh, Darth Guile? Yeah. Like like the Street Fighter character? Like he's got like I, weird I, hair? I, no, there's no picture. Oh. So uh, we, we have Darth Homies. Homie, <laughs> <laughs> what's up? H-O-M-I-I-Z. Homies. <laughs> just rolls up in a... Darth Inexor. Darth Carnage with a K. Ooh. Oh, boy. Can't, gotta watch out for the Marvel Carnage, right? So. Darth Kristoff. Kristoff? K-R-I-S-T hyphen O-V. I guess that's me. Yeah, yeah. Some Imperial Lord from, like, the Middle Ages. Darth Luft. Luft. That just sounds kind of soft and yeah. fluffy. <laughs> Darth Malady with an I at the end. That just seems like it's, like... yeah. We're gonna change this slightly. Like the sophomore, uh, not the, the sorority girl that yeah, oh, like yeah, is yeah. just like I'm Madeline with like yeah. eyes and Y's and weird spots. Yeah. But I'm Darth Malady, Darth Millennial. Well, well, <laughs> that's all that, of us. Yeah, that's all of us. Yeah, we're all we're all upset, angry. Darth Momin. <laughs> Momin. M O M I N. Darth Momin. Yeah, so is this person the mom of all the? This one has a picture. I'm looking at. Yeah, it's just the Sith mom. <laughs> Eat your vegetables. They're rotten. You want to grow, don't you? <laughs> Darth Momin, also known simply as Momin. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, at a young age, his artwork led oh, to his, his. imprisonment. Okay. By those who found it disturbing and repulsive for the materials he he was an artist he was just like a dark <laughs> artist he just Sith he showed I just off his shitty pictures he just yeah he was he was an exhibitor at the ICA and all of a sudden <laughs> his exhibit didn't go well all right Dar- Darth Ramage <laughs> that can't be real that, look <laughs> I mean it's on Wikipedia right so I guess... it might be Darth Ramage. No, that's Ramage. <laughs> Ramage. Okay, Darth. Look to ram my fist into your stomach. <laughs> just Schwarzenegger. Just the one time with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I actually would love I, to see Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Star Wars. Yeah, that would be amazing. Would you want him to be a Darth? This is, or... what, this is the scene where I kill all the Padawans. <laughs> okay, there's a Darth Ruin, just spelled like Ruin. Well, and then yeah. there's a Darth Ruin, which was R-U-Y-N, which really feels like someone already took that screen name, so you just changed a letter. Darth, are you serious? <laughs> Darth X Ruin X. Darth Vax. Oh. Oh, oh well, we're going to watch tricky. out. Yeah. That's tricky. Okay, that, that's... You will not jab me. Okay, and then there's Darth Xana, which we already said. Darth Xan. Like Darth Xan. Okay, well, this has been listing Darths <laughs> with me and Adam here. Um, Which, uh, we, one other thing before, can we talk about the cover of the book? Because I feel like it's super generic. Like it's just a fist coming out of the snow with a red lightsaber, and it just looks like a bad like '90s animation sort of thing. I don't know if you is that supposed that. to be like a zombie fist? Yeah, that's how I I imagined it. Like or that's what it's supposed to imply, I guess. The like, zombies didn't use the lightsaber. Well, they did actually. I think at one point the zombies did use the lightsabers. I think they did. Yeah, but like it's Darth Scabbard did, but he wasn't fully zombified. But like if you saw this book on the shelf, right? Like I guess what's appealing is oh, it's a zombie hand holding a red lightsaber, right? I guess that's what. But like I don't know. Like I try to make it like more like alien-like or something because it's Star Wars, right? This just looks like a, 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 a literally a generic zombie hand holding a lightsaber. I mean, that sells what's happening here, right? It's or it like looks like zombie it looks Star like Wars. Viva la resistance, right? Like, <laughs> True. It's like an uprising from the snow. <laughs> right. We're tired of this shit. We're joining the resistance. <laughs> I don't know what your zombies are. I did have a thought. Okay. I mean, like, we're talking about zombie media here, which was, you know, kind of the hot shit for a while, for quite a while. I feel like it died off. Yeah, I think, I mean, the I think the wa- Walking Dead was a huge part of that. I think people, like, because The Walking Dead's been going on for ages. I don't even know if the actual show has ended yet. I, I think this spinoff show is still running. I mean, I remember watching it in the beginning and enjoying it, you know, because it was... It, it was entertaining, and but then it got super depressing, right? And it just was like... I, I don't want to watch. I'm already depressed about other things in the world, right? Why do I have to watch a show that's constantly depressing? So and I think a lot of people felt that way. And like, that's why, you know, there are interesting things to do with zombie media, like this book. It's interesting enough in that regard. Here's the thought that I had that I want to present to you here. Okay. 
Okay, here's my interesting twist on zombie media. Okay, okay. we've okay. done all that. We've done like Marvel zombies, superhero yes. zombies. We've done zombies that can think in our sentient or nice people like I zombie. Yep. We've done all these kinds of things. Here is my twist on zombie media. Mm-hmm. To humans, zombies taste delicious. Oh. Imagine if like some guy was like, you know, in the middle, like, you know, the zombie apocalypse classic scenario. And one guy just is like, I'm fuck you. I'm going to bite you. <laughs> and he bites a zombie and he discovers that they taste amazing. <laughs> like how zombies feel about us is how we feel about zombies. And then it's a fight between humans and zombies and who can eat the other one well, first. Well, that's <laughs> But so the, here's the other. So there be human hordes going up against zombie hordes trying to eat each other. But but then the problem there, I feel, is like okay, you, the the humans have to turn people into zombies, right? If they get rid of all the zombies, or is there like a zombie farm, right, where they just pop? I'm, picture, I'm picturing this as like an all-out war constantly okay. happening where there's just, you know, they're going back and forth at all times. And Until like one faction is just decimated and that's it. Like Essentially, but you if we did find out zombies were delicious, we would have zombie farms. There would be zombie meat farming at that point, yeah. which is a whole realm of fucked up. That could be <laughs> yes. in the sequel for sure <laughs> yes, after that yes. for like some true horror. Or, there's the comedy set up at the start, which is all about eating zombies. But then the second one is like truly fucked up when the zombie meat farming starts, which is... <laughs> You can. I can already think about ten ways that that could go fucking terribly at the start. So yeah, the 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 thing that you have to undo there was like, if you eat a zombie, do you turn into a zombie? Which would you would have to say no somehow in no. this. Like yeah, because then you're becoming delicious too. Like as long as you don't touch their teeth, then you the the the. The virus maybe, won't maybe, spread. Maybe you just have to cook it. Cook it, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just have to cook them. Yeah. True. So, like that first guy, he does turn into a zombie eventually. Right. But he does still discover that raw zombie is delicious, but cooked zombie is like so fucking great, guys. Yeah. Like, like he like he becomes the Gordon Ramsay of <laughs> zombies. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, but they're like, there's like zombies in the back, and they they gotta like wrangle them and like then try to like. Where's that foot? <laughs> It's rotten. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that's the point, right? Gordon, that's the point. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen with zombies. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is Gordon Ramsay that's the first to bite a zombie because he's just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, this is bloody delicious. He, but he has to run this now, right? Like that's like... Season it with a beautiful salt and pepper. A little onion, a little oil. There we go. Delicious. <laughs> Oh man, that that's that's an idea that needs to happen. Like just the Gordon Ramsay <laughs> cooking zombies, cooking zombies. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god. Okay, so that's that's my submission. Feel free to take that as you will. Turn into a story if you want. Please, um, Gordon Ramsay, turn this into a show. If you wait, can. you want? I, I, I would watch. I would watch it. I, I just want someone. I guess write the fan fiction. Write about the fan fiction. Yeah, about I, would, I, would, I would read it. I, you know, if you make it a TV show, I'd watch it. You know, like. If you can convince Gordon Ramsay to star in some kind of like meta comedy about like hooking zombies, I, I think he he's he seems pretty like he's he, he's not super serious all the time. Like he likes to like you know be a fool about something. So that that I think I think you can see the humor in that. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's Zombie Hell's Kitchen. Okay, it's cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Not raw. It's not raw. I don't know what I want. You want anymore, Gordon? You're so confusing. Do you want it rotten or not, or raw or not? Please, just. I don't even know anymore. (laughs) He he breaks out crying. Yeah, no, this is question. I don't even know anymore. This is question his whole career, (laughs) right? It is rotten, and I like it. Oh no! Look at this mold. Let's slather it on this. Beautiful mold. Yeah, beautiful, delicious. Yeah. yeah exactly. He just like goes way hard in the other direction. He just right. starts eating like disgusting right. shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he only goes... has the filthiest kitchen. Right. Yeah. It's like the, he Gordon Ramsay is actively looking for the <laughs> filthiest kitchens across America. Beautiful. Beautiful. Is piss in the corner. <laughs> oh, someone's shit directly in the pot. <laughs> Moldy carrots. <laughs> Okay, that's that's our alternate universe, Gordon Ramsay. There, okay. all from a Star Wars zombie book. Go yeah, figure. Okay, let's get back on track. We're we only gonna get back track on one for one thing here. Can we fix this? Longer chapters. I feel like I don't know if they, like this had this book had to be its page length. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe 
maybe you could expand upon some characters. Maybe you can get rid of some characters, right? Like just because a bunch Rojo of them, does not need to be there. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of cannon fodder anyway, just to, for them to become zombies. Like, do we need to? Do we need to know the names of everyone who becomes a zombie? No. Like, we don't. I I'd argue probably like fifty percent of the characters that become zombies, we don't need to know their name. We don't need to know anything about them. We don't. Just some Sith jerk. Right. Some Sith jerk. Exactly. Um, so I think that would help it. I think like I, I presented the idea earlier where just changing the setting from that was a fantastic fix. Actually, yes, yes, just on a yeah, star destroyer, on a star destroyer, exactly. Just put it out there, right? And because it's enclosed, right? So then you have zombies on a star destroyer piloting a star destroyer. Potentially, I mean, that'd be a pretty cool idea just to read about, right? Um. So I think those are those are my main ideas on how I to generally agree with you there. Like Rojo Trace doesn't need to be there. You, you know I mean get more into the zombie action. If we're leaning into this and it's just like popcorn horror, like just do that. Don't do the, the plants either. Like I think that was Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the the mechanic to bring a Jedi into it. it literally it's just there like you have to keep me near the flower. That's the reason you got to take me but, over there. But like, if they if you if they wanted to bring a Jedi into it, all you could say was, "Well, a Jedi heard that like there was some shit going on, you know, and they went to go and yeah." Rojo could just be like the the Jedi cop that he is anyway, right? Exactly. And he brings Hestizo along because I don't know she was like in the family space RV or something, yeah. and she's like, "Bring me along." You're like, "Fine." Or, or maybe the orchid <laughs> is the cure for the zomb- zombies uh, zombification, right? Like, maybe- okay. But I mean, then you have to deal with Scavers trying to find like Scav Scavers becoming a zombie could be his whole immortality thing, right? And then the yeah, but plant, it doesn't have to come from you're right. It could to, just be he started some bullshit there anyway, right? And then they have to go there and they find out that the plant is the cure. And then you have a dramatic cure scene where Hestizo has to crush the the Murakami yeah. orchid, and yeah. it's like, no, don't. And yeah. then he just yeah. Yeah, doesn't exactly. any way to cure everyone. a noble sacrifice, <laughs> or like it comes around eventually on that. I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm actually still here despite being rendered into particles. <laughs> All right. Um, that's pretty much it here, man. I got to say uh, thank you for sitting through a terrible book here. Yeah. So, I mean, you did this once with us before with Final Fantasy VII on the way to a smile, yep. which was probably a little bit more bearable for you. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge horror fan as it is anyway. Um, but, I mean... It, it's not that this was unbearable to read either. I, I there was, yeah, not awful. Yeah, it's not awful if you're into this sort of thing. I you think want Star it, Wars zombos. Right. Here's a right, Star Wars zombos. Right. That's book. exactly. That's how I'd approach it. Like it's a, it's a, it's a fun read, I guess. Right. Like just to be able to explore this part of the part of Star Wars. Um. So if you if yeah if you like Star Wars and you like zombies, this would be this would be great. I mean, you can nitpick it to death too, and I can I'm, see people. Yeah, I'm sure. But there, there's probably better ways to do Star Wars yeah, zombies they, yeah. at the same time. So it's really just middle of the road for yeah, me. Solid yeah. five out of ten. Yeah, I would that's I'd say. say that's accurate. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, again, thank you for sitting through a terrible book here. It's difficult, right? It's hard to get through a book that you're actually not that into. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 something else. Imagine doing that 154 times, which is how many times that you have the patience. You have iron will, I think, at this point, like ironclad. I don't like, know why I'm still doing this. I, no, I do. I, yeah, yeah. Thick enjoyment. <laughs> I'm Darth uh, Rito, or I don't know, Darth Rito. <laughs> That does sound like a Star Wars name, actually. Darth Rito? Yeah. <laughs> you read too many bad books. Yeah, finally I turned the Somebody corner. needs to make fan art of that now. Like, Get to it. Yep. All right. Well, here is where we thank our patrons, especially Crimson Paladin, for recommending this one to us. Thank you to Greg, Veronica, Will, D, Jared, Arant, Senia, Jakub, Lycoris, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Luchek, Miri, Yanka, David, Anya, Patricia, Austin, Donnie, Beast with the Least, Scott H., Robin, Lackstodes of the Void, the Taco-Eating Unicorn, Last Man on Earth 01, Funny Robot with Antennas, Hobbyboy93, Harry, Renee, Emmy, our Kofi Donut Kiwi thing, and then once again, Crimson Paladin, especially for recommending this book to us. Thank you so much, everybody. All right, Adam, um, that's it for us here today. I promise to never call you from across the galaxy to run into a lightsaber for me. I will take my own licks on that front. Well, I hope it doesn't happen, and I will never call you for such a thing either. Okay, good. And if we ever develop some kind of like locational force GPS-based thing... Just switch it off. 
we yeah that's the first thing we got to do yeah like we don't need to i mean where where am i going i go to work and uh graveborn practice and you'll see me in like the side room over here most of the time so i don't know what scandalous info you could get but it just feels bad right yeah yeah okay well brother packed here (laughs) brother packed all right goodbye thank you for listening to another episode of terrible book club Terrible Book Club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts, Paris and Chris. Sound design and audio editing by Chris, with sound effects and music by Epidemic Sound and sometimes also Chris. Our theme song is Kiss by Yearn, which is, you guessed it, actually, also Chris. You can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on Bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com. Do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show? Do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? If so, become a patron at patreon.com slash terriblebookclub. If you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com.